Welcome to Connections. I'm Mike Tom with Colleen Hood. Today's guest says each life event provides us with a gift, and we have a choice about how we respond to that gift. Reverend Patricia Caginello says even the most chaotic life events can bring clarity to our lives. In fact, she says... The more chaotic an event, the more clarity is available to us. We'll hear about the lessons she's learned from sharing the stories of others' chaos coming up. Today's guest is Reverend Patricia Caginello. Not only is she a reverend, she's a best-selling author, as well as the CEO and founder of Sacred Stories Media and Sacred Stories Publishing. Did I hear, so you're reverend now, uh, Mm -hmm. but were you in the Marines? Yes. (laughs) How do you go from a Marine to a reverend? (laughs) Right. Well, I think it's called life. It's a long life. I've had, I think, about five lives in one so far. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yes, yeah, part of part of my journey, I guess. Um, but yeah, I served six years in the U.S. Marine Corps and uh, was a sergeant up for staff when I decided to, you know, return to civilian life. How did you like? When did you join the Marines? Were you like straight out of high school, or was that a later in life decision? And and what drew you to that? I was I was eighteen, and I um, it was so a few months, six months out of high school, and really wasn't something I was drawn to at the time. It was you know the late seventies, and I was a I guess an obstinate teenager, and you know my parents didn't think females needed to go to school for uh, college for some reason, so they they thought I needed discipline because I, I again I believe I was a little obstinate, and um, they actually wanted me to go in the air force, and I thought well if you're gonna you know, if you're going to suggest they go in the military, then I'm going to go in the Marines because, again, I was just giving them a hard time, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful what you wish for, I guess. (laughs) Did you find the structure of of being a Marine, was that helpful for you? Um, You know, I I don't know if it was actually that I actually needed structure as I needed probably just a, a purpose, a direction. You know, which is interesting. So I, I appreciate that question. I never really thought about it in that way, but but I think that was more. I needed something that I could focus on, and, and without having, um, you know, college really as an as an option for me at that point, I, I think I was floundering. So I think it was more just a purpose and direction, uh, lesson structure. How did that eventually lead you down the path of becoming a reverend? Well, when I re- when I came out of the Marines. You know, I was 24, and I, again, you know, I think way back then in the 80s, you know, the, the idea was wasn't really about finding ourselves or, or I never really was guided to do anything with passion. So it's really interesting now later in life that's really what I'm about. So I just got out. My parents were like, oh, this defense contractor hires veterans. Why don't you go and apply there? And I was a um, – my my background in the Marines was defense mapping. I was a construction surveyor. So I said, <clears throat> okay, <laughs> I just applied and and entered into kind of the government contractor, worked into corporate America, and um, and worked through education. You know, it's funny because it seems like every 10 years I reinvented myself or been moved in a different direction. You know, my journey has just kind of been tweaked a little bit, unplanned by me. So from Marines, I went into to government, uh, corporate, and then education, and then it, um, and receiving my bachelor's and master's degree along the way, and and then at fifty, you know, it was really kind of the the shakeup, you know, the the universe saying, okay, 
you know, we've been directing you the whole time, but now it's time to really kind of, you know, get you to focus. And and that's when, you know, I tell the story. I, I turned 50, was going through menopause, went through an unexpected divorce, sunk into de- depression, <clears throat> unexpected depression while I'm raising two teenage daughters going through puberty. And in my search just for deeper answers, because I really, I, I really was, you know, on the, on the floor basically, um, I, I started reaching out for some deeper answers. And my faith has always sustained me, but I really did need more at that point. And I was, I was kind of, I was looking for a larger framework to kind of see how this new experience and new world and these new feelings that I was happening that I could, you know, understand. So a lot of chaos in your life at that point, it sounded like, (laughs) and you're searching for clarity. (laughs) Absolutely. It's really fascinating. Yes, quite a bit of chaos. Um, And I think that that's really, you know, unfortunately for a lot of people, that seems to be the, there's a triggering event. You know, so whether it's a a loss or an illness or a breakup or, you know, a a direction. Something happens in our lives that really catches our attention and, and you know, creates this deep emotional response in us so that we, we, we need to, we have a choice. We now have choices of, of how we might lead our lives, the directions we may go in that are a little bit more uh, conscious, right, with more clarity. Absolutely. So you've put this uh, book together called Chaos to Clarity. Tell us about it. Like you didn't r- write the whole book, right? You have storytellers kind of woven in and out throughout the book. Part of my journey is, was from, you know, through being minister and then opening up my spiritual journey and we have um, and telling my story. I realized, you know, I'm a storyteller and we learn through stories. We grow through stories. We inspire through stories and um, <clears throat> we experience our life through stories, right? And, so my my book publishing company is called Sacred Stories Publishing, and in conversation with um, one of my colleagues one day, you know, we you know we do a lot of individual books and, and a lot of individual stories and work, and we said, well, you know, what if we give an opportunity to people who might not have a whole book in them, but have some real incredible, inspiring stories uh, that just want to tell their stories? What if we provide that opportunity? And and that was kind of the the, the birth of the idea of chaos to clarity, and and we didn't know the title. I honestly, I didn't even know what we were going to receive. We just kind of put a couple emails out and said, "We're looking for stories with a significant change in your life, the hero or heroine's journey. You know, tell us the change, tell us your journey, and and give us a positive perspective. So whether or not, you know, there's always the the perfect happy ending, but there's an awareness, there's an expansion, there's a perspective that you you know that you can um, develop throughout the experience, um, and we received some unbelievable, phenomenal stories from men and women from around the world um, that are in the book, and the stories range, um, there's ones about battling a life-threatening illness, there is loss, there is um, uh, search for a deeper meaning in life and sense of self, there, there are stories of joy, there's, there's stories later in life, but some really phenomenal stories. And so as these were coming in, my co-author, Kathleen uh, O'Keefe Cannabis, and I were like, well, okay, but what's the the bigger story or what's our voice in here? Because we share our own stories, but how do we frame this larger journey? And me as an interfaith minister, I write about the spirituality of change and and how it can open us to our, our spiritual transformation. 
and Kat has a background in psychology and psychopathology, and so she writes on the psychology of change. And, and so we weave those um, kind of larger, that larger framework around the book as well. And, um, and then actually just, you know, we're just so incredibly blessed, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who um, has been, been writing and doing this spiritual work for, you know, decades. He's a retired pediatric surgeon, and he's a multi-neuro times best-selling author on this, this type of topic. He wrote this really incredible foreword uh, that he titled Lost, Gain, and Change, and he shares not only his personal perspectives but his personal stories, including the recent passing of his of his wife and and navigating change as well. What was it like to offer your spiritual insights on a story that somebody shares and then read somebody else's uh, like psychological insights on the same thing that you just shared insight on? Yeah, so it's interesting. So I don't necessarily, and, and I was really careful with this because I don't believe that, you know, um, <clears throat> I believe everyone's experience is their experience, and, and we were really careful in the book to ask people not to kind of preach or teach, but just share their story. And then uh. in that experience, they can, other people will receive what they need to receive. We didn't want the people to be teaching. So we write uh, in, in kind of in the forward and the afterward on the overall ideas of the spirituality of change and, and psychology of change. And we do kind of final thoughts. At the end of each section, there's four sections that the stories are grouped into, love, relationships, health, wellness, grief, loss, and, and spiritual journey and identity. So we don't speak to each story because, honestly, I, I think that would would lessen, you know, would lessen the experience. You know, we would be putting our judgments or perspectives, even from a spiritual or psychological perspective, on the experience. And, and that's really not what the book is about. The book is about... Um, the, you know, kind of that raw power of the sharing of our stories. Um, but what we did realize, Mike, is that so many of these people, you know, they have lived life and they have incredible wisdom based on their experiences. And so we, we created a part five and we asked the authors, 100 words or less, you know, if I knew then what I know now, what would you say? And so it's an opportunity for to really kind of clean those those beautiful nuggets of wisdom I think we all have um, and, and, and keep them separate from, you know, the, the teaching um, or the larger perspective mm. within the storytelling. What's one of the biggest things that you've learned from other people's stories? One of the things that really touched me the most, uh, two things really, one was the courage that people have, um, not only in, in living through the experience, but in the courage to then retell it in service to others, because that really was what this was about, you know, share your stories to inspire others. You know, we had one woman, it was the first time in, uh, her daughter, a 38-year-old daughter, died um, unexpectedly, and it was the first time in eight years that she shared her story, that she was able to share her story, but she did it because she knew that it could help someone else reading it. And I just when that story came in, to be quite honest, I called my co-author and I said, if for no other reason than this story, yeah. this book will be published because this is the story, these are the stories people need to hear. So um, so that courage, you know, within the human spirit to do that. And then the other thing that really, really struck me the most was that many of the people, you know, sometimes there isn't, you know, the, the happy ending. You know, the person 
did pass or, you know, some, you know, some other life changing event that you can't go back and go, well, let's just put it back to how it was because it's impossible. But they found a larger perspective or, or a purpose in serving others. You know, some of the people in the book opened a animal sanctuary. You know, one created a radio station to have conscious, um, um, radio shows that people speak, you know, um, positive messaging and, and went on to help others. So whether it was in the individual storytelling to just be of service to others, or they actually made change, life-changing events. One woman who battled um, breast cancer has, has created an organization to, to provide services for people and their children who are battling uh, cancer. So that was, a, was such a beautiful, like, wow, you know, to see the, the, the power and the, uh, of the human spirit and really what we really do in this world that isn't necessarily always seen in the news all the time. I guess, like, everything that happens to us has the power to change our lives, and we know that, right? But maybe we don't always think about that. And it's a good reminder that even the bad situations, we while we know a bad situation can change our life, but it doesn't have to change it negatively or only in a negative way there can be good that comes out of everything Mm. i i absolutely agree you know part of my journey uh something that quote you know i guess for lack of a better word that came to me that i actually use in the book and i use in some of my my own teaching is in the experience is the emotion and in the emotion is the gift and and what i mean by that is is just really what you just said you know when, when when we really are our our attention is grabbed because the depth of our emotion is so great we can't just ignore it any longer. We can't just go about doing life. We have to really actually show up and and say, wow, I need to take a look at this. I don't have, you know, I have it. And then you have your choice, right? You have your choice in how you respond. And so that deep emotion, I I believe when you look at it as that, uh, that, that what grabbed your attention, so you have an opportunity to make a choice to live your life maybe a little bit with a little bit more depth, a little bit more kindness, a little bit more uh, awareness of the world around you, I, I believe that that really is a gift, and that is very positive. Reverend, what has the feedback been like for those who have had the opportunity to read this book so far? It's been really, really positive. It's, it's, it's been that that response of, of whether they were inspired, whether um, they... Um, they were, you know, they were touched. It's interesting. Oh, you know, I was uh, interviewed on a, on a different show, and the host said to me, "Well, this was tough. I had a tough time reading some of these stories," and and I was struck by that because it is tough. But in every story, there is kind of the gift of the, the, the gift at the end, you know. And so and so we talked about that, but but it, some of them aren't an easy read, you know. They just aren't. Um, but there's a depth of humanity. We call it our shared humanity within it that I think every, that everyone who's read the book um, has felt and responded to, and, and, and that has been, has been very positive. But, but I think what happens is when we read different stories like this, you know, there's a resonance, right? That's why we wanted to keep the stories pure. We didn't want people teaching. We wanted to just, just tell us your story. And what, and what happens when someone tells the story is, you know, as you read someone else's story, you resonate with what relates to you the strongest, right? And so there are stories of, 
um, you know, a woman, you know, overcoming addiction. There's an addiction story. There's one of someone who's in an abusive relationship, and she tells the story of her wedding day and standing on the altar and knowing that she should just, you know, pick up her dress and turn around and run like hell, and wow. she doesn't. You know, yeah, no, I mean, because she's looking around and she's seeing the eyes of the people there, and she doesn't want to let them down. So she says yes while she's staring into her groom's eyes, and he's high as a kite. And she's knowing this is not what she should be doing, but she does it because she thinks she doesn't have another choice. And she goes through years of of um, mental, physical abuse, you know, with someone who's addicted to drugs and alcohol. And until her and her son finally are able to escape and literally escape, and um, and she tells that story. That's a tough story to read, especially if you're in a similar situation or you know someone who is. You know, but in that, but in that story, is the power for someone to, to say, I'm not alone. I realize other people are experiencing similar things, and and that I believe is where we can draw our our courage. You know, we can draw hope, and to know that you know there is, there are, other choices or options available for us as well. For those who want to learn more about you or about your book, Chaos to Clarity, how do they go about doing that? The book is called Chaos to Clarity, Sacred Stories of Transformational Change, and it's available worldwide, uh, you know, Amazon and anywhere books are sold. They can also find out more about me and Chaos to Clarity and, and the work that Sacred Stories Publishing does on our website, sacredstoriespublishing.com. Reverend, thank you so much for joining us today and giving us a different perspective on change. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation, you can always do that by visiting your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.